day 38 welcome back to the windows and mirrors podcast my name is keith and i'm john and this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the bible is more like a window than it is a mirror we come to it to see through it and to see god not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves all right good to have you back bro hey glad to be back yeah man absolutely so day 38 we're in the thick of numbers. Yep. I've been in the wilderness by myself, dog. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hope people have been still encouraged uh, by the podcast. Absolutely. But um, Numbers 29. Mm-hmm. So God is uh, giving these instructions through Moses still. And they're in the wilderness. We're with the second generation. There's a, lot, a lot has taken place. Yeah. <laughs> First generation then died off. You know, God yeah. has, has judged them. And the second generation has come up. He's still been gracious to bring up uh, a new generation of people to go into the land. And God wants his people to be set apart when they get into the land. Right. And so in 29, he's going to bring up uh, these festivals that he still wants them to hold. The ones that we talked about in yep. Leviticus. Now they're just kind of grouped up here again, mm-hmm. just to, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, pass it on to the next group. Absolutely. Yep. So the trumpets, the day of atonement. And then he talks about the festival of shelters or booths, right? Mm. And he goes into more detail here at the end of this kind of narrative. And the reason is because the festival of shelters was meant to signify that God dwelt with his people in the tent in the wilderness. Yeah. And so for seven days, these cats were literally, <laughs> were supposed to construct these booths and dwell in them in the land right. to signify and remind them that no, no, no. This is where we were. We were right. in the wilderness, but God brought us to the promised yeah. land. And God gives us, bro, rituals and rhythms to show us what he's done. Right. And it is a means of worship. Yeah, yeah. And which is important, I think, for this generation, right? Yeah. You have to remember, like, they grew up in the wilderness, right? Thanks. So you had a previous group of people who grew up as slaves, mm. And as they've come out, you've got this group of folks that have grown up like they were kids. There's some of them that don't really understand or remember what Mm. slavery was like, but all of them know what it's like to grow up and for their lives to be spent Mm. in the wilderness daily, depending on God to give them what they need. So they find they've grown up free, but they've grown up each day with an awareness of their need Mm. and a reminder that God's going to provide for that need. And so there's, yeah, like you said, right, there's a different emphasis Mm -hmm. that's put on this one because it's speaking directly to this generation with their unique background struggles and, yeah, experiences. Yeah, and these these rituals and rhythms, man, were meant to instill in their hearts and minds over and over, year after year, right. who God was. Right? Yeah. And I think it's a analogy for today that the rhythms that God has put in place for us, church, the Lord's Supper, like all these things right. are meant to instill in us the gospel because right. we forget right. what God has done over right. and over That's and over. Uh, as we move on, you know, Numbers 30 talks about these vows. Yeah. And at first I'm like, what is this? Right, Why is right, this right. here? Yeah. <laughs> What's the purpose of this? But the whole idea is, what it sounds like. So there were voluntary pledges, oaths that people would make to God. Mm-hmm. And the Lord is just uh, going into detail here about what that looks like, particularly for women, right? Yeah. And, you know, they had the authority of the father before they were married and the authority of the husband right. when they were married. And what it looked like to cancel these oaths or keep these oaths and all that kind of stuff. So the whole idea here is that God doesn't want just ritual. Right. <laughs> Or this rhythmic holiness, he wants practical holiness. Right. right? He really wants people to keep the promises they make to him. Yeah. Um, and Israel is actually going to learn the hard way that right. God really wants practical holiness and yeah. integrity. 
uh, in their very yeah. individual lives as well. Yeah, yeah, but this also shows, I do think, the the um, the unique and particular responsibility that the Lord is placing on these men for their households, right? Yep. So each time what you see is this, like, all right, that when an oath is made that the 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 man in the household is by his silence or by his words he's agreeing or rerouting right mm-hmm. and so it's this standpoint where i there is no passivity mm-hmm. your silence is complicity to what goes on mm-hmm. right and so it's like as as you read this it's reminiscent of genesis 3 where mm-hmm. eve is deceived and it's not just her problem right wow. adam is culpable in that because mm. as she kind of makes this rash commitment to oh i'm gonna go and touch and taste mm. it says that he's with her and he's silent right mm. and so I, I do think that this is um uh this in some way right and so it's not saying so it's not saying men are authoritarians and rulers mm. but i think in this unique way in this framework in this family structure i think god is showing or kind of putting responsibility on the men to care for those that are in their household yeah absolutely yeah. and we saw even in the last um episode that uh there was a care for the daughters right yeah. so when the fathers died and there was no son god was like no no, no the inheritance goes to the daughters right. so you see god caring for women right and again god is not um canonizing the culture i heard someone right say, yeah right he's yeah. operating within it he's yeah. coming to incarnate and live within it and show them how to yeah care for one another and love yeah, one another. what is the function that god's trying to get across? like what's right. the the timeless theological truth that we're trying right. to pull for this absolutely even though the form of this is gonna change yeah and god yeah gave these laws about vows to the first generation right and he's right. giving it to the second generation yeah. again to show them like no no no, y'all are under the same right obligations yeah. right i'm gonna work for y'all yeah but just know like same laws all right so 31 they have this war <laughs> with the midianites right. right and so uh it's this concept that we've talked about before holy war where god and his divine army israel here brings forth his justice yeah. in on sin and idolatry now, God is not just saying, go take out random people groups, right? right? The Midianites and the Moabites, based on number tw- Numbers 25, yeah. were those that led Israel into idolatry. So God is like, verse 2, take vengeance right. on them, yeah. right? Because they, they led you guys into sin and idolatry. And my problem is really with idolatry and sin. Right, right, right. Because right. I'm a holy, perfect, and just God. Yeah, and they were the ones that were led in, and that plague comes 24,000 fall in a day. Yep. And then when these people go out, when they go out to war, yep. they come back and they get rid of all the men, but they still mm-hmm. leave, right? That it's, it's a, we're going to get to the principle yeah. later, but it's this like, man, when it comes to sin and idolatry, you cannot domesticate what God has told you to destroy. That's good. You can't keep it close and try to control it, yeah. there is no controlling it, right? And that's why God gets mad and upset. And then God gives them instructions. And again, right, what's the timeless theological truth that we're trying to right, pull out there that God is saying, no, I want your um I I want your theological, your spiritual, your emotional 
purity in this. I don't want you to mm-hmm. compromise or to think that you can domesticate mm-hmm. what had led, yeah, yeah, previous folks astray. Yeah, and this is not, like you said, like what is the timeless truth? This is not something we're passive in, but active in. Right, right, right. We right. are those who push back against worldliness, right, sinfulness, yeah, idolatry, right, and even the schemes and works of the enemy himself. And um, yeah, I think the means are different here, but the end is the same, right? right? right God right. wants the same end, and for His people, this is a foretaste of the victory, right? Um, that God promises across yeah. the Jordan, right? And it's so unique that this comes right before, right? Numbers thirty-two, right? Where you have two and a half tribes, they like, hey, I think we good on this side <laughs> right. of the of the Jordan, right? And the text is explicit, bro, that they saw yeah. that the land east of the Jordan right, was desirable for their livestock and wanted to settle there. And so, again, they're living by sight, right? Yep. This is something we've seen over and over in Numbers. Numbers 13, we have uh, the, the Balaam and Balak oracle, right. all, that, all that kind of stuff. And, again, they don't have this spiritual sight right. for what God is going to give them, right? right? They're thinking about, yo, the cats over there are big and all this kind of stuff. Right. But the Lord um, is still going to give this victory, but two and a half tribes actually settle on the side. And then this is not – they settle on the east side of the Jordan – and this is not just preference, right? right? This is not just like, oh, we rather stay over here. Y'all can stay over there. It's going against the covenant word. God right. promised to Abraham right. that he was going to make this thing happen in yeah. the land. And they're saying, nah, we good. Right. right? And imagine, this is two and a half tribes. This right. is thousands of people. Right. And so I think for us in the wilderness, bro, we have to be uh, reminded that regardless of how many people right. Right, are willing to turn back on the promises right. of God, we have to remain faithful. Keep living by faith. And the good news here is that God, through Moses, right, comes back and says, no, no, listen. Mm-hmm. Y'all remember what took place when those tribes turned back. Like, yeah. they died here. So y'all are going to have to come mm-hmm. to war. After we go to war, yeah, yeah, after y'all can do what you want. But what we have now is this, right? Like, with the previous generation, it was the majority. 10 tribes wanted to stay back, Mm. two wanted to go ahead. Mm. The new generation, it's flipped on its head. And so 10 tribes wanted to go forward and the minority wants to stay back. And what you see is that even that group that wants to stay back, God in his grace is sending Moses to call back out to them. And that's the theme that you see through the book of Numbers. People are unfaithful grumbling and complaining but god in his faith is constantly going to go back and get the weak and bring them forward yeah absolutely and uh yeah like you said man i love that contrast between the previous generation and this one we have to learn from the generations that come before us and i think we should learn here that no matter what like regardless of the hardships we face god has made promises to us he's going to fulfill them May we live in faith and continue on the journey. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your grace for us that even in spite of our faithlessness, God, you send people to come back and to get us and to pull us closer to you. I pray that as you do that in our lives today, Lord, as you intervene in areas where we may be tempted to walk by sight and not by faith, that we would receive your intervention wholeheartedly and gladly. It's in Jesus' name we pray. 